0: Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Crouch. And today I am more than excited to introduce to you a very dear friend who's with me here in our Anaheim studio, Ed Tandy McGlasson. Thank you so much for being here with me. It is
1: great to be with you. I I, I love the man that you love. You know, Uh, I've known him for a long time and I've just been so amazing watching your love story and your family and the healing and everything and uh it's great to be here on your show.
0: Thank you so much. God is good, isn't he?
1: He's good all the time.
0: Well, a little introduction about you. You for my audience that may not know, they might not be aware but you are a former NFL lineman. You played you a center position you said, correct? Yeah,
1: played center for the Los Angeles Rams. The We were more like the sacrificial lambs back then, (laughs) and the uh, New York Giants and the Jets, and at Eagles training camp, the Lord ruined my perfectly planned out professional athlete life. Wow. When he called me into the ministry.
0: Wow. Because you had an injury, didn't you? My very last year, actually
1: what happened, well, kind of back up a little bit. The first time I, I hurt my knee, I was in college. Okay. And um, I wasn't a church kid, never went to church, and um, everything was about being a football player. I ate like one, as you can tell, I'm still trying <laughs> not to eat like a football player. And um, and so I wasn't a church guy at all, and on a play in college, there was a fumble between my legs, mm. and a young freshman dove for the ball, my knee was in the way, I heard my knee break, I heard my ligament Ooh. snap. Yikes. They rushed me to the hospital to tell me that all three ligaments were torn mm. and I would need reconstructive surgery the next day. Mm. And wow. I was devastated. Yeah. They sent me back to my dorm room with ice bags and a cast mm. around my leg to prepare for surgery the next morning. And I was laying there and I was weeping. Mm. And I was weeping, number one, because I was terrified because I just lost my dream.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, men, so many times we get stuck in our life when we have a dream we go through, go to, and we don't get there. Mm-hmm. And that, but but it was more than that, it was my identity, football right. player. And so I was just laying in a room that night and crying and a knock comes on my door. And it was uh, a campus minister. And yeah. he said, Ed, you have everything going for you, but you lack one thing. And I said, what's that? He said, Jesus Christ. And I wasn't really happy about this knock on the door. I said, well, what's he gonna do for me here? And I'm right. pointing down at my knee. Mm. And he didn't argue with me. He grabs his Bible and he reads a passage of the Bible that I had never heard. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. I gotta tell you, Brenda, when I heard that scripture, I got the gospel. Yeah. And I said, what do I do? And he said, well, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, he died as though he were you. Mm -hmm. So that when you receive his mercy, the forgiveness for the things you've done, Mm -hmm. you can now live as though you were him. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do I do? He said, just just pray with me. And I prayed this simple little prayer and asked Jesus to forgive me, and then he did the strangest thing. He said, "Can I pray for your knee?" I said, "Sure," because <laughs> I'd never been prayed for.
0: Yeah,
1: I'd never been around a church that did that. And he put his hand out onto my ice bags and said, "Heal Ed's knee in Jesus' name." Wow! So he wasn't like a trained prayer warrior, yeah. right? he didn't give me like the holy rubdown. Come on, <laughs> you know, he didn't right. give me all the extras you, you get sometimes in some churches, of right? Of course. Did you rub here a little bit, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, right in the midst of that, you know, I didn't feel anything cause my knee was wrapped in ice. Mm. and the next morning I left. But this, this peace, mm. I remember when I prayed to ask Jesus to forgive me, I felt like it was this liquid wow. waterfall of mercy that fell on me. Wow. I, I, I felt like I was getting a do over. And his presence was there, but I didn't quite understand all that. I mean, I had the hallelujah hairs where right. all your hairs are going oh, hallelujah, right? I had that moment. I
0: think I've had a few of them. Yeah, yeah. And so,
1: but I didn't know what, I had no label, yeah. no right. church language for that. Just pure. And the next morning they picked me up at 6.30 to take me in an ambulance to the hospital for my surgery put on that dress that doesn't tie in the back on the normal size guy, right? And roll me down for surgery. And the doctor does another exam and does an orthogram because back then they didn't have the scope. And so he comes out shaking his head. He goes, I don't understand this, Mm. but here's the x-rays we did yesterday. Here's our new test today. Somehow the three ligaments that were torn have been reattached.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: And you've been healed. And this Amazing. is a doctor who's not necessarily a church guy. And he's he's astounded. And, and I am, and so <laughs> I jump off the gurney, right? Onto my leg. And oh. I just it was perfect. Mm. And I was just weeping and crying mm. and sort of dancing and twirling, right? Yeah. And of course I didn't realize that I wasn't wearing many clothes at the time, <laughs> and they were like giving me the old uh, oh, oh,
0: excuse me, excuse me. A few more and, people might have been singing hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> and so
1: I, you know, got dressed and walked back to the university. It's only about a mile away. And I just said, so, wow. all right, what do I do?
0: Yeah.
1: Who do I tell? I love it. And I'm walking around and this the voice of the Lord stops me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't this big audible voice. It wasn't Charlton Heston, right? Right. And he said, I want you to fulfill your dream mm. and play professional football. Mm. And I was shocked. And I, and I yelled, because uh, I thought God was up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in the mm-hmm. middle of Youngstown State University. If I knew you were this cool, I got saved a long time ago. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. And then his voice says, well, who <clears throat> do you think put that in you as a boy? Exactly exactly he he's a good good father yes he's a good god and so you know it's like when when god has a dream for something he puts part of that dream in you like you know what you're doing right now and and the incredible Mm -hmm. ministry that god's Mm -hmm. built into you to and i said it to you earlier i've been praying for you that one of the things you do when you speak is that you give women hope Mm and you help them change their negative hashtags. Yeah. From whatever, hashtag me too or whatever to hashtag I am a beloved daughter of God. Yes. Hashtag I'm healed. Hashtag nothing's gonna keep me down. Or here's one that every girl needs. Mm -hmm. Hashtag I don't need a man to find out who God has made me to be.
0: Yes, wow right yes because
1: we not when we put any of our identity in another person right or a job we do or a dream we have and we're not clear about who we are
0: mm-hmm.
1: well what happens if we lose our job it's,
0: yes exactly many people lose their identity
1: completely in a day yeah Right. They've worked for 40 years, and now who am I? Mm -hmm.
0: And this is my passion as well, and I think this is why I just feel such a kindredship with your spirit and all that you're doing and your ministry, and you have a new book out. Uh, I mean, your ministry is really devoted to the blessing of the Father. Tell us about your new book, and let's talk a little bit about that and what God's done with your testimony and your journey and how he's using your voice right now.
1: Well, you know, with... my, our first book, The Difference a Father Makes, we, I was shocked, you know, I wrote it because this guy kept bugging me. Yeah. And we wrote it, and as of this week, we're somewhere over 323,000 guys have read it.
0: Goodness. Wow. But my
1: biggest distributor of this book is a gal in Texas who gives one away to every single client.
0: Oh, my.
1: And she's given away over 5,000 books.
0: Wow. <laughs> Because she sweet wants deal. to see men <laughs> yes.
1: discover what it's like. Mm-hmm. And this new book, our latest book, our fifth, is how to become the husband and father your family needs. Mm. You know, when I do events with men. they so Where, where does a man get encouraged today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he can be a hero of his own story, a hero yeah. to his kids? Mm-hmm. The kind of father that his sons go, Dad, I want to be just like you. Yes. The kind of father where a daughter says, "You are the best father." Mm-hmm. Guys hardly ever hear that, and it's nowhere in the media, right? Because so many of them got such broken stories themselves, right? They have no concept that right. God Himself wants to become the father of her story. And this book is about how does that happen for you as a man, so that you can make your wife smile mm. and your kids can live out the destiny and the dream mm. that God has made them for.
0: That is so good. And I think that, you know, so many fathers, they start out with such good intentions, mothers, fathers, we want to be good parents for the most part. You love your child generally more than you love anybody, That's especially right. a first time parent. It's like, wow, this is the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. But because of what you just said, our own brokenness and our own misunderstandings about Mm -hmm. our uh, Father God and and what that means to us and our identity, we often will miss things and we don't realize how we're set up to fail. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want to talk about specifically how fathering and the blessing of the Father um, affects boys. on on today's program, because I've got four little grandsons that are amazing (laughs) little dudes, and you know, I have just, I grew up in a very matriarchal family with a sister. So having boys in my life is incredible. And I have really grown to appreciate the what God has put on a a little boy and on the the role of a man. Can you share with us uh, a little bit about what the blessing of the father, how it affects boys.
1: Well, see, when a, a boy is born and a daughter is born, what is the first thing they do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's that child's name?
0: Mm.
1: Identity. Mm. And imagine that little boy, and we're, we're talking about boys right now, he's raised and a father doesn't know how to be present in his story. Maybe He's born out of wedlock, or dad's busy and he's gone all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that boy is looking for, who am I? Mm-hmm. And never having a moment where where his father says words like, do you know what I love about you? Mm-hmm. Or words like, wow. I want to bless your life and be in your story. And I'm going to back you up in whatever you choose to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would change in the homes across the world, if fathers knew how to bless their sons and to be present. Mm -hmm. And the reason why men struggle, and it's the same reason I did when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that I didn't love my sons. I loved them to death. I remember when he was born, I had that that Simba moment, you know, yeah. I held him up in the delivery room, yes. like Lion King, you know, <laughs> I heard the music right? you know, I can hear the music and we named him, you shall be Edward, Yeah. Elijah. Right. You know, we, we named him and, and I gave him his first Nerf football, right? I, I it. put it there, but he fumbled it. He couldn't <laughs> hold it quite, quite right. And, mm. and I, in that moment, I, I got to tell you, honestly, I was trembling. Mm. I was overjoyed at the moment of being a father. Mm -hmm. But I was terrified because I didn't know what to do. Right. And part of the reason of that in my own story, as you know, my dad was killed just before I was born. He was a Mm -hmm. fighter pilot. Never had a moment with my dad. And my stepdad tried to step in and did the heroic thing. Mm -hmm um but he he struggled being a dad because his own father didn't know how to really bless him and so his whole identity right. was the navy in the yeah. navy way mm-hmm. and we had a very tight ship that we ran when he was home but he was gone so much of the time but the one identity that was sort of transferred was this mm-hmm. whole idea about being a winner yeah and being a great athlete because exactly. he was a football player and mm. My mother didn't help me because my mom, when I was growing up, would talk about my father who died. He was killed, yeah. you know, at 28 years old at 400 miles an hour and mm. hit the water in Monterey Bay, California. Wow. And so my mom would talk about, you know, your dear father. Yeah. Especially if she's trying to work me a little bit. Oh, okay. He had one <laughs> dream son. If he could become a professional <laughs> football player okay. with he? couldn't.
0: I'm doing the math. And you, his only
1: <laughs> beloved son. Oh, your boy. <laughs> yeah. If you could play professional football, your father would mm. look down from heaven and be so proud. Yeah. That screws up a boy. Yeah. You know, cause now I got a dead dad that's watching right? me play right? football. I got a stepfather <laughs> that's that's celebrating me for winning games. Yeah. And and so I learned really young as a boy that love only comes when you're a winner. Right. But yeah. how many of us win all the time? Yeah. We don't. And so I, you know, I I drove my heart down and mm-hmm. worked hard and and able, was able to play in the National Football League. Amazing. And God not only healed my knee, mm-hmm. you know, just incredible story of of, of that moment. And I got introduced to Jesus and started walking with him. Mm. But when I held my son, I was mm. terrified.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, the reason why men are, are scared today, it's not about love, I said mm. that earlier, it's because they know intrinsically they don't have anything to give them. Wow, wow. Because we're, we are made to be word-activated human beings, right? right? God made the whole world, the Bible says, yeah. when he said, let there be what? Light, Light. boom. Mm-hmm. God, you, the word, we're, he holds the whole creation together mm-hmm. by the word of his power. But the words mm-hmm. over us, because we're word activated, have great power in us. They do. And so if a dad's not there to say, I love this about mm-hmm. you, or, mm-hmm. I bless this in your life, how does the son know how to win with wow. his life? How does he know how to discover mm-hmm. who he is? Mm-hmm. And if you leave it to mom just to do that, Yeah mom's got tremendous gifts in her life but the dilemma for so many girls who are raising boys today is that I don't think a woman can call out a boy to be a man yeah I think it takes a father
0: yeah Amen. whether
1: he's broken or not God can change that story so a boy he's looking who am I mm-hmm. and when a dad is present Mm -hmm. and knows how to do that. It Mm -hmm. makes all the difference in the world.
0: Oh, so that's so good. You know, I I know that, and you touched on this a minute ago, some fathers are so programmed and and maybe you know, like you had the military father, your stepfather, um, they're programmed for performance because that seems to be culture a man is, is right. oh, I'm the guy that I don't, you don't cry and we're tough and, and we forge on. And how does a, a father, um, and I, I want to speak, I want you to speak to uh, young fathers today. How does a father who only understands that, um, and maybe they have a child that just kind of throws a monkey wrench in that whole system That's right. because that, that child can't perform on the level that, you know, you can't live vicariously That's right. with your children. And what do you do when you're faced with that truth and you don't know how to give the blessing and that verbal affirmation? Um, Would you look into the camera today and would you just speak to the hearts of fathers who are hungry to know and encourage them? Would you give them a word?
1: Sure, well, well, let me tell you what happened to me. The dilemma of why we struggle with our sons and blessing them isn't that we don't love them, right? I see your hands going up i love my sons the struggle we have is that we don't feel like we carry a blessing to give to our kids because guess what our dads didn't know how to bless us how many of you didn't have a dad who knew how to bless you in your life Well, god knew that fathers would be broken i mean adam and eve when they chose to sin and walk away and got separated from the blessing of the father in the garden jesus came back to to not only die in our place so that we could receive God's mercy and be saved, he also came to pay for the ransom so that you and I could be adopted by a new father. And I was 40 years old and I was struggling as a dad. I loved my kids. Man, I did everything I could to love my kids. And yet I couldn't stop making fathering about me. You ever struggle with that guy? where you're, you're fathering them and you're pushing them and you just wanna let everybody know in the stands, that's my boy out there, yeah! My genetics are superior to your genetics, right? <laughs> yes. That's what Little League is all about. Yeah. <laughs> Who has <laughs> the best genetics? It's good. And the kids just out there wanting to please their dad or, yeah. and looking for their dad in the stands is because right. that matters to a boy. Mm-hmm. And so I I struggled. It didn't matter how many football games I won. It didn't matter that I played in the National Football League. But I was failing as a dad, not because I didn't love my kids. It's because I myself never got to have a father. And I was was calling out to God. Because my wife was feeding me these fathering books. And they were all like this thick. Mm -hmm. And I'd read three pages and go, well, there's 200 more things I'm not doing right. And so what i didn't understand is it's kind of why we wrote the book how to become a husband and father your family needs is that god has a way to take a boy who's never had a father bless him and equip him to not only be the man that god's called him to be mm-hmm. but equip him with everything he needs to be to be a father you know how he does that it second says in second corinthians 6 18 paul brings two verses of the old testament and he says and god says I will be a father to you Yes. and you will be my sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. Since Adam and Eve sinned and caused all of humanity to inherit that brokenness in their life, yes. Jesus came to not only save us, but open the door so that you and I could be adopted. Amen. And I was 40 years old and my dad, before he died, the night before he died, he was reading in, in his Bible. He circled something in his Bible. And it was a single word in the story, in the book of Matthew. And it was the story my mother told me after he had crashed about that story, is when Peter saw something that looked like a ghost walking uh, on the water towards Jesus in the boat. Yeah. And Peter said to Jesus, if it's really you, because Jesus' first word was, Don't be afraid. Of Mm -hmm. course they're afraid. Mm -hmm. No, who's walks on the water? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is walking towards them. He, and Peter says this, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. Mm -hmm. When we said the word come, my dad circled that word. Wow. And so I had had that in my Bible and, and heard that story as a boy. Now I'm 40, struggling as a dad going, how can I become a better father? Mm -hmm. And I'm at a youth group one night, and I pick that verse to teach. And I come down, and I read this out loud to the kids, and I'm going to teach them how to get out of the boat, keep your eyes on Jesus, so you can walk on the water with Jesus. When I came to that word and said, and Jesus said, come, right in that moment, the father I never knew I could have just descended on me, and I was just weeping. These kids didn't know what was happening to me. And this is what he said to me. The last word your father heard was the word come. Oh. And then he then he blesses me and he says, You no longer, your name is no longer football player. Yes. No longer pastor. But right out of, of Matthew 322, he says, But you are my beloved son. Yes. And he names me beloved. And I could not control myself. Something happened to me in that moment. Later, I discovered that the last line of Bar Mitzvah, before a boy becomes a man Mm -hmm. and a girl in Bat Mitzvah becomes a woman, that a Jewish father will say in Hebrew, this is my beloved son in whom I love.
0: Mm.
1: And so right there in that moment of my own story and in the baptism of Jesus in that moment, the voice of the Father speaks over Jesus in that river, and he mm-hmm. could have said anything to him. Yes. And he called him Beloved. So good. Beloved. I believe that's the name we're going to see written on the back of the white rock in the book uh, of Revelation. Yeah. That we're going, oh, superhero. I'm Spider right. Man, oh, Spider-Man, super apologist, super apostle. And we're going to find out that the, the primary identity mm-hmm. that God has for you and I is beloved. Yes. So that our identity is secured in being a son, then we can out of that father and mother and be that. Because when your identity secure is a is a man and a husband, you don't need your wife to perform a certain way so you feel secure. Right. You don't need your kids to perform so that you can be labeled a good father. You can begin to start making it all about them and that's what started happening.
0: Yes. And I think that this is the crux of um, our identity issues—the the areas we've all been hijacked, and the, the place where the family absolutely disintegrates and begins to fall apart. And uh, so I, you know, we've we've come to the end of our program today, but this is so good. And I wanna encourage you, my viewers, to uh, tune in again next time because there's gonna be a part two to this. We have just barely scratched the surface with Ed Tandy McGlasson. And there's so much more. This man is a deep well. I wanna thank you for being here with me. It has been an honor and a privilege to have you here on this sofa and on this set. And uh, I just wanna thank you, my friend, for joining in. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to come back and see you again. Be blessed.